Dan. Yeah. You know what? I, I wanted to start this off by saying, let me fix my mic. I wanted to start this off by saying this is our last episode. It, it, is it our last? I don't know how it's going to go in, in the order of, of the show, but at least for the year, this is the last one that we're recording. And how are you feeling? Like, let's take stock. It's been, it's been about six months. It's been fun. We, we watched a lot of, a lot of movies. We've watched so many movies, and I, I think, I think, from a perspective of just you and I, I feel like I've grown so much in the time that we've we've done this, uh, and I'm also just strictly like within the last six months, let alone like when we started this back in New York a couple of years ago, and uh, I, I released something for a movie recently that was just you and I were talking about it during one of the episodes it was just like if it wasn't for this podcast i'm not sure if i would have seen any of these movies um like surely somewhere down the line but i'm not sure if i would have made myself watch them let alone actually give myself a chance to analyze and have the back and forth with somebody else about about what i think about these films yeah there's been a couple that like Um, definitely were on my list for a while (laughs) citizen kane um (laughs) but (laughs) yeah there's definitely like I mean, this has definitely been a great quarantine project. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it's if only yeah, just to it, talk it to someone. <laughs> Honestly, real talk, real, real talk. I uh, I was in a group chat earlier and with Marco Polo. You know the app, Marco Polo, the brand. It's the app. Oh, oh no! I was thinking. Oh so my god! I was it, thinking Polo Lord. No, no, that's a brand. It's a brand. No, I think, isn't Marco Polo also a brand or at least a store or something? Mark Echo. Um, yeah, remember Mark Echo? Yeah. Yo, word. <laughs> 90s. I was in Marco Polo talking to a friend. It's like a video messaging app. It's like a group It's like a group message, but you message with videos. So mm. you're essentially sending videos back and forth. It's the only way to communicate. Of course, you can do this within a group chat, but for whatever reason, we have the app. Um, and I was like, yo, I'm talking so fast and being really excited. And that's because I just don't talk to many people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't talk to anyone. Um, like, I have so much so to tell I, you. I, I, guess, <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing but garbage to talk about. So, Dan, thanks for being another person in my life, another actual person who I can <laughs> talk to and listen to. Um, yeah, listen. It, yeah, it's, it, listen, we, I, I, I think we released the first episode back in June. Wow. Um, that seems yeah. so long ago. I know, right? I did. I, and I, I think I've done only a handful without you. And very quickly, very quickly, you were just there. <laughs> Made myself co-host. <laughs> Can't take that away no, from no, me. Man. <laughs> nope. Uh, and I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate what we're doing here. And I appreciate anyone listening to this. Because, uh, I, listen, we don't have the biggest audience in the world. But I, I do think we have some people who are very interested in what we're talking about and what we're doing and hopefully people are watching along and like i said a few episodes back 2021 is going to get really good uh we're hoping to have a lot of not just interaction with the people who are listening but i don't know dan i have a few ideas like watch parties and and some some weird quarantine version of what a live show would be like where it's just like you know just us talking while we're watching a movie um i mean i think the I that we have the movies we have on deck right now alone are pretty good 2021 I mean, the, the, the the queue is looking great <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying so hard not to skip ahead and watch any of them but uh 
Yeah. This I, is, I, I just want out. This podcast is definitely helping uh, my overwhelming nostalgia. Nostalgia? That's probably not the right word. My sure. overwhelming uh, <laughs> sadness of not going to actual movie theaters. So thank you for that, Trey. Well, yeah. Well, listen, I'm trying. And Remember with theater? the Wonder Woman. No, I don't. I do not. I do not actually. Uh, with Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman now out on Disney Plus. It should be out. I'm not sure. Uh, we're recording this obviously a little bit in advance, but with Wonder Woman now on HBO, what is it? Is it on, is it on Disney HBO. Plus or HBO? No, what? HBO, uh, Marvel, Disney. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, listen, we just have to. We have to create our, our, our own in-home theaters. I mm-hmm. am looking into getting, getting a projector, uh, like, a, like a legit, a legit like thousands of dollar projector that my wife will probably kill me for. But I am looking into it, and I'd love to have you over. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start quarantine right now. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, with that said, listen, this is... For the last time in 2020, Required Watching, where we watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of filmmaking and how to move forward. As always, I'm Trey Epps. I am Daniel Taverner. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd be official on the last, you know, last episode. Oh, that's great. Uh, and listen, today we're talking about seven Samurai, the 1954 Kira Kurosawa classic. And much like Citizen Kane, this is a big one for us. We've been talking about this movie and Citizen Kane for such a long time. And yet we just we just never got to it. We mm-hmm. never we never touched it. And I think I think in uh Required Watching 1.0, we got to Rashomon and I think the general consensus was this is a fantastic movie. Yeah, I think we all loved um, that a lot. I remember that was probably one of my favorite movies we watched from that first required watching 1.0. Uh, the real talk. I, I, I completely agree. Uh, my least favorite was, of course, a movie you picked called Deer Hunter. <laughs> Honestly, if I, if I, the Deer Hunter was yeah. shorter than Seven Samurai. That's very true. This which movie comes I in think, at a whopping three and a half hours. Which I think is a testament to Seven Samurai because <laughs> I enjoyed those three hours a lot more than the Deer Hunter three hours. I think this three hours kind of flew by. It, it, really it definitely did. flew by. I, I saw three movies this year that had intermissions. Uh, two of them were musicals. That's uh, well, yeah. Sound of Music. I, I saw Hamilton uh, on Disney Plus that had an intermission, and then this movie had an intermission. And you know what? I I kind of like the idea of an intermission, and I'm also okay with longer movies. Oh, I'm pretty sure we said this when we watched Sound of Music. I love the intermission. Like, I, I, I remember. I, I don't saw, know why. Um, <laughs> Hateful Eight during the uh, like road show that they were doing, and they have like a 20 minute intermission. And I was like, yes, thank you. Oh my god, perfect. Did the Hateful Eight need it? Like, did, did it in the theaters? Did it have uh, intermission? Because I, I know yeah. that I saw that in theaters. Oh, did it? I don't remember yeah. that. Okay. And now there's like the even longer version on Netflix. We need to. We need to go. I, I'm. I'm really curious about which one of us is going to uh, suggest the first Quentin Tarantino movie because I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, and just to backtrack, uh, Dan, if I can figure out how to put 
some of our old recordings together that actually sound decent mm-hmm. i will put them i will put them up as like bonus episodes oh, but i can't i haven't actually sat down to try to this is before we get our shit together but i haven't been able to sit down and, and edit those episodes to make them uh sound good let alone the fact that i have to listen to it and we, we sit there for about 30 minutes talking about nonsense before we eventually jump back in the movie Honestly, so probably for the best Exactly. Uh, but if I can figure it out, hopefully some, some bonus episodes will, will be coming your way. Um, back to the film, though, because we haven't said a single word about it. Uh, of course, it's it's written and directed by Akira Kurosawa. Um, and listen, upon my research, I realized that I probably should know the names of the people starring in this as they've all, I'm not sure all of them, but a lot of them have gone on to star and have been stars of other uh of other movies for quite a long time. And he's uh, one of those directors that uh, had a lot of the same actors. Mm. And I, I, I appreciate that. Even, uh, even one that he couldn't stand, but uh, Toshiro Mifun is in this Takeshi Shimura, Taiko Tsushima. I apologize. Cause I know I'm not saying these names properly. So I'm sorry. Um, but Dan, let's let's get down. Let's let's start the way we always start, which is why why in the world are we? Why haven't we seen this movie? I want to say because it's seven hours or three hours. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can I tell you why? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what my reasons are, and you tell me if it's similar for you. I am in no way a movie snob. But but I, I think like many people, sometimes I like things that are easy, whether I'm at the theater or I'm at home. And obviously not having been alive in 1954, where everyone is talking about a film that I just make myself go see. Um, there are some things that block me from watching movies like black and white, like uh, like it being a foreign language film. Uh so, like sometimes the age of the film will deter me from watching it, and I say deter. What I mean, and what I mean by that is, if like, even if it was the same length, uh, watching Seven Samurai versus watching like The Princess Bride, uh, <laughs> like I probably watch The Princess Bride because it, you know, even if I'm super into it, I know I can like, you know, it, I know I, I know I can distract myself. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have to pay such strict attention to uh, to foreign language films that I think it 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 means my brain has to work and my brain isn't used to working. And it's a complete like intellectual laziness, I I guess. Um, But it's silly because of course it's, it's a movie. It's like, these are movies that I also really heavily enjoy. So I I don't know why my default isn't like, yeah, sure. Instead. I'm like, I don't know. Don't know if I want to get into this right now. (laughs) This isn't necessarily my main reason, but yeah. Having your undivided attention towards a movie, like even a movie I love, Truly, I'm not giving it my undivided attention, especially at home. Um, especially at home. I honestly think part of the reason I didn't see this movie sooner was because, like movies like Citizen Kane, it's so highly regarded that I think I was scared to watch it because I was like, well, what if it's not that good? Because, I mean, oh, this podcast has shown us there's plenty of movies that, I mean, not, honestly, not that many that we've watched because I feel like we've. Our uh, 
<laughs> we're doing a good job so, so, we, so far. We, <laughs> I think a lot of the ones we've seen are actually end up being required. But there's been a few where you watch it and it's like, oh, uh, I don't know. I don't get the appeal. Not not for me. So I think I was scared that this movie, which I think has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know, because I don't want to ruin this mystique behind it that this being like the best movie ever and all. I I completely agree with you. I mean, like just like you said, like this movie is on so many people's lists. If it's not like I guaranteed when I say people, I mean, organizations and filmmakers and the like. This movie is top five on just about every one of those lists. Yeah. If not like one or two or three, like, like it's up there. Um, and yeah, I, I completely agree. Just like Citizen Kane, you go, if this movie sucks, what does that say about me? Yeah, you're like, am I miswatch it? Um, and, and conversely, I think, and this is certainly the feeling that I had, which was this movie is great. I am one like seething and, and bathing in my own self doubt as a filmmaker, but also like my bloodlines are just like, like pumping my, my veins are just like pumping hard and adrenaline is going because I want to make something as good as this, whether or not I'm going to get there. is a completely different story, but it's one of those things that give you like, when I see something good, I either get really sad that I will never be able to make something like that, or I get yeah. really inspired. And uh, this film did both. It was really cool, and I mean, this just goes to show how this just goes to show why this movie is at the top of the list. As I was watching it, there were so many moments and uh, plot points and themes, and even some shots that I'm like, "Oh, I've seen that elsewhere." This movie has inspired mm. so many mm. different genres. Absolutely. It's a straight up like Western movies are just this movie. I mean, small towns. Hey, we need your help, cowboy. Is it the Magnificent Seven based on this? Am I thinking about the right movie? Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, listen, honestly, in the middle of it, I just wrote Ocean's Eleven for some reason, and I think what I meant was (laughs) yeah during the during the roundup scene where they're getting all the. The different the yeah. different samurais together. I'm like, oh, this is totally Ocean's Every Eleven movie when they're like going seen. through <laughs> each member of the of the crew. And like, but how? But how amazing is that to watch a movie and and go like, this is where this other movie got it from. Uh, and I'm sure. I feel so confident now that the more we go through this, the more that we'll be able to go through Quentin Tarantino movies and see all those influences oh, because absolutely. he doesn't like really, he doesn't hide them. Does he, he doesn't really like, he doesn't shy away from the fact that he takes these things from movies that he likes. Um, but I, I really, I find it interesting when you watch like things like this and Nosferatu and, and stuff where like you, you look back and you're like, these are the nuggets. These are, you know, the three and a half hour movies that changed the world of cinema forever. Uh, Honestly, it's it's incredible yeah, to watch. Like this is what a fourteen-year-old Spielberg saw and was like, "Oh, I want to right. do something like that." <laughs> Have you ever seen The Magnificent Seven? I haven't. It's on my list. I, I haven't seen brought it either. to the table, there's but a, it's on my list. There's a 1960s version with uh, Steve McQueen, Yul Brenner, classic. Yeah, but there's also a 2016 version. With Denzel, yeah, Ethan Hawke, and Chris Pratt. Pratt, and yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I haven't seen either, but I knew that Magnificent Seven was like a direct adaptation of Seven Samurai. So the I whole did not time, know that, though. I was 
trying to imagine which one of you guys is Chris <laughs> Pratt, which one of you guys is Denzel, which one of you guys is Ethan Hawke. Oh man, I, I, want, I, I really want to watch that. I think it's pretty easy. I really want to watch that. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, just basing on the order of casting <laughs> and the brief character descriptions, I think I can guess. Uh, okay. All right. I may I may watch the new one because uh, I I don't want I don't want to watch those and compare it to this one, which is what I'll do. So I I may watch it not for the show. Yeah, let, um, let it sit there. Um, man, so let's, story, get, let's get into the story. It. Is pretty, pretty straightforward. It's like yeah, sorry. It, it, it's it's it, go on. I'll I'll little, let you explain. Farming community village is frequently attacked by bandits and all their rice and barley is stolen like every harvest uh they know the bandits are going to come so they're like hey let's the old man the town elder says get some samurai to protect us they get one that turns into was he he recommends getting four and they come back with seven and he's like Oh, good. If I had said 10, you would have come back with 15. <laughs> so they get these seven samurais and they basically train the entire village to defend themselves from bandits. So I, I got to say, I, I'm going to and I, I, I don't want to I don't want to talk about the story of this film so much because I, I don't know. I, I really don't even know how to talk about like this film in the context simple, of this yeah. episode. Um, but. But I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, the, the first samurai comes in, like, they hail this guy down because, like, there's a thief in the village who's mm-hmm. taken a kid uh, uh, as as hostage. Um, and, you know, they, they go through the rigmarole and the samurai wins and everything else. And he just, like, walks away. Like, he's done. Like, he, he did his job. He was as honorable as he possibly could. He helped yeah. out a village in need, but he owes nothing to this he's, village. He's and the cowboy. walking away. He's the, the he archetypical cowboy. cowboy. He's like, I just, I'm a drifter. I'm just, I come, do my job, like, do do good work and move on to the next. He's and the Mandalorian. He is the Mandalorian. Uh, and these guys just don't give up. They, they really want him to, to, to help out and... And like you said, we get we get this like it must be like an hour sequence of not only this guy being really reluctant to to help the village out, but once he does, he then and, and of course we know the title of the movie. We know he has to get six other people to join in. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, I was like, here, like here we go. I was like, this is gonna be the longest. This is gonna be the longest thing in all the world. Um, like this guy's gonna hit someone over the head and kill him. Like I was just convinced that like everything was gonna go wrong because there's nothing in this film that gave me hope. Like like it it wasn't set up like in the end we all get what we want. Yeah. Of course, when I look at the movie poster, like I, I like it's called Seven Samurai and it's three and a half hours long, so I know everything's gonna go okay. But as I'm watching the movie, it didn't really seem as hopeful as you would expect. Like maybe in today's movies, it would have been a little bit more hopeful. They were like, "Yo, we don't even know if we can get another person," and then the other person joins, and we're like, "Yo, we really don't know if we can get another person. People aren't gonna just do this for free." Uh, <laughs> and I think I think one of the I think one of the signups was just like, "Yo, my friend was in town and." He doesn't want to do this, but he knows me. He and, ran uh, into his old buddy. He was like, yeah, I'll, I trust you. He's like, we can die. He's like, yeah, I trust you. 
He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. Uh, or something is hilarious. And the one but guy I love chopping that, wood. Like, Yo, just just chopping wood. Just chopping wood. And at this point, we really get no... We haven't seen any kind of combat. We we saw... I wouldn't call him rescuing that girl from the village uh, combat. No. Um, and I, I don't know I don't know the samurai's name that this was, but... Uh, oh, no, we actually never... We, we saw this one fight in the village, which ends up not even being a person that's on the team. Oh, wait, don't they get him? I thought that was the sword guy. Oh, the, that was the sword guy, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm being really shit at this. I'm sorry. No, there is well, because, a, a lot. Because <laughs> also... I was like, wait, that's a villager. Okay, that's a villager. That's a bad villager. There's like these bad villagers who's just shit-talking the whole time. Who's just like, you're never going to get them. (laughs) Well, see, the reason – yeah, exactly. The reason that I thought those two guys that were fighting, the guy who won, wasn't the one that joined them is because right after that scene of those two samurai fighting, which honestly is the – it went from practicing to to being murdered in – Less than 30 seconds. Uh, he, said, he literally said, hey, if we had real swords, I would have killed you. And he said, oh, yeah, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, sure enough. What, 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 what kind of shit talking is that? No one does that. Why, why would you go? Why would you go? Because you either go, I guess I have to kill someone today or I guess I'm going to die. Yeah. What? Um, the male ego yeah, is sorry, so fragile. I mean, yeah, toxic. Um, right after the scene, though, the guy comes into the little shack that they're in in town and goes, I just saw a guy take someone out at the bar. He's been at the bar, and we've learned that this is, um, uh, I call him Kakushio, but that's probably not his name. Oh, the, the wild guy? Yeah, well, let's call him wild guy. Kakushio? Kikuchio. See, when I watched it, I practiced. I practiced, and I instantly forgot it. Kikuchio. Um, Kikuchio, right? Kiku- All right, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, so so then it ends up being this guy. At least, uh, again, this is what I thought happened. So I didn't realize that they ended up getting the good swordsman and getting Kikuchio in. Because, listen, can I just say, let me just say, Kikuchio, who is on, I think, every poster for Seven Samurai, oh, yeah. is a conundrum to me. He invited himself, right? <laughs> and he invited himself. But even before when they're that, making went, their way um, back to the village, he's just like off to the side. And they're like, hey, scram, get out of here. And he's just like catching fish barehanded and yep. following closely behind, but at a safe distance. Yeah. Tricking <laughs> them to make them think that he left and then like appearing right in front of them. It's it's the most it's the most insane thing especially because all of this happens right right after they're like yo you you say you're a samurai and you like you are not <laughs> yeah you're not a samurai um but yeah identity theft in 15 uh in the 1500s was rife apparently <laughs> um Kagushio ends up having a family tree and saying that, you know, I, I am a samurai. I'm born from a samurai family. And he hands over his family tree and we realize in uh, uh, shoot. Is it Garabi? Garabi, I think, uh, realizes that, you know, the dates on the family tree don't add up because the, the person that he's saying uh, he is is 13 years old. And obviously, Kagushio is a grown ass man. Um, 
So yeah, it, it makes no sense. And the next day they all take off and they're like, oh, I guess we only have six samurai. So I guess we're going to go. And Kikushio just follows him along. And, and I don't, I don't think he earns. <clears throat> no, so see, I don't even think he earns their respect until, until when they get into the town. But what, what were you going to say? Before? Yeah, I was gonna, <clears throat> he's the only one who really like crosses the gap between the samurai and the villagers. <clears throat> Because samurai are like the warrior class, so they're right in the social status. They're higher than these farmers, these poor poor farmers. But Kikuchio was born a farmer, so he's like, "No, I know these people. They don't like you. They need you right now, but they don't like you." Well, exactly, and we 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 like the way. Uh, Kurosawa doles out this information is masterful. There are seven, I, I would argue, Dan, and you tell me if I'm wrong, right? I, w- I would argue we have seven seven uh, people that we're meant to believe are the protagonists, right? I, mm-hmm. I-, I argue that they're not all the protagonists. Right. Right? As a team. But they yeah. all ha- as, as a team, they're the protagonists. But as individuals, Somehow, and I guess you can do this in three and a half hours, but somehow each and every one of their stories, no matter how little, even if it's like a throwaway line, right? I, I can't tell you I know what the six samurai's life story is, but I think they all get enough attention to they ha- like where they have the most intricate and complicated and layer stories that are actually built on something. And Kikuchio is, like you said, you know, we find out that he's not a real samurai like he proposed that he was. He was, in fact, born a, a farmer or a farmer's kid. And he's been in the exact same situation for the farmers that they're trying to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it, and I read, I read that in writing the samurai, they were all based off of historical samurai. Oh. I, I wish I knew. I, I wish I knew who they were. But my understanding of samurai is that it, it has gone on for like centuries or something like that. So I, I don't have a full understanding. Um, I think that just as a side note, yeah, go on. I was just going to say that um, <clears throat> the way Kurosawa does that is so influential. Like we even see it in like Marvel movies that like building a team. And, and not even just the actual montage, but the stories behind each of those members and how they interact with one another. Right, one right. Yeah. And, like, how they basically earn their worth and prove themselves to each other. Like, we see that right. over and over and over again. I mean, I think what we're talking about is just actually having a character, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, take, not take, away, a, take away the team of people. Right. Right, and take away the idea that this is like for all intents and purposes, because I think we can easily relate it to like a, a superhero movie, but like, or like like a like an action movie, like a like a. I'm saying this like in the terms of like it's not a strict drama, it's not a strict comedy or anything like that, but like it gave everyone an actual purpose. We knew that Kakushio was going to be the like man child who, at the heart of it, is like someone who's been hurt by the same circumstances, someone who's trying to prove himself to you know these older men that he really admires at the end of the day and trying to to emulate even if even in this childlike manner uh like we we see we i think even as a whole we see how the villagers are like we're scared for our lives and we need to protect us this isn't about <laughs> this ain't about you samurai yeah. and we're not gonna let our daughters uh 
which is a wild line that we'll get to, we're not going to let our daughters uh, be tossed around and passed around by you guys. Um, and I'm laughing because I feel like it, for me, it came out of nowhere. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is a part of like samurai lore that they just go around and start taking women. Um, <laughs> but, but, but back to the point of like, like I, I do think it's like you said, I think I think it's just absolutely genius how to, to the testament of Kurosawa, how he just intertwined these stories. So these complex stories. Uh, you know, so well. the, the, the farmers themselves, <clears throat> like when Kikuchio uh, finds the samurai armor from a samurai that the villagers have killed. Yeah. And it's like this bombshell is dropped on the samurai. Cause you're like, wait, these farmers don't <laughs> like us. Like as a, right. as a, uh, occupation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like no like people have different uh motivations and instances like a samurai obviously attacked these people and they couldn't just stand idly by right right which is a completely like i feel like that was just a sneak peek into like the, the farmer's uh secret life that we yeah. like how did how in the world did they defeat <laughs> samurai uh, i mean they helped their own with bandits at the end of the movie. They did hold their own. That's true. Um, uh, yeah, j- just to circle back with, wh- why why are they so scared of the samurai? Like, I mean, obviously they've been attacked previously, but I feel like I feel like before that attack was explained, it was like, yo, these samurai are going to take the women in our village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, it caught me so off guard. That I was like, oh, like, oh my. Because oh my. My in my mind, samurai are like these honorable... Uh, men who wouldn't like have a like, who have a code that they wouldn't cross and blah blah. So to me, it was just like, oh, apparently there's there's a history of this. I think that's true about samurai having like a code and being noble, but they're also more or less like mercenary bodyguards. Like they're hired yeah, by oh, <clears throat> by like noble families. And that's why these like that's where you get the like the Ronin the the samurai that doesn't have a a home essentially which yeah. is what all yeah. of these seven are. Um, so I think the samurai becomes like an extension of that noble family, mm. and I don't think noble families and farmers get along. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. So I could see um, there being a tension there between the samurai. Also, these people are now, just vulnerable. They're just out there. I mean, they, they were. They're they absolutely a, were. Their village is in a valley, like for the rice paddies. Yeah. Like they're in a, the worst possible position you could be in for attacks. And, and, and we learn. We learn all about this as the samurai are like, you guys are right in the open. So we need to, we need to like flood this. We need to do that. We need to like protect you. Like, like this is how you'll even have a chance. Um, and little, I, I think little did the villagers know that they would, I don't think, let, let me back up for a second. I don't think the villagers understood what would come of them defending themselves. What do you mean? Did you, did you get the sense, like, did you get the sense that they were like, that they understood the kind of like mini war that would be happening? Like this big battle that would be going on? Because they, like, yeah. sh- Sorry, no, I was just gonna say I didn't I don't think they realized that, but I think they were at like the end of their rope where they're like, 
I mean, even at the beginning, a lot of them were like, fuck it. I'm going to go fight them right now. If I'm going to die, I'm at least going to die swinging. They're a scrappy little group. Yeah, they are a little scrappy group, but uh, but I was like, I was like, oh no, you you poor poor villagers. I I don't I want I wish I knew as if this was some sort of like real life tale, like the epilogue. I want to know what happened after this. I want to know like how many souls were lost because at the end of the day, what is it? Is it four? Four of the seven samurai are, are dead. Yeah. Um, many of villagers. Uh, I, and I don't know. Like it's it's it's. Three days of, of battle. We get a three-day battle. How wild. You know, most movies <laughs> barely have an afternoon battle, let alone a three-day <laughs> battle. And I loved it. Like, like uh, you know, suspension of, of, of belief and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't know if this kind of thing typically happens, but I, I feel like it's great when it's just like, you know what? Like, you, you got a point. I got a point we have to resume tomorrow and figure this out. Or, you know, we're going to do some secret attacks now and just try to figure this out. Um, like this whole musket thing or gun thing became a really big problem for, for the samurai. Again, Kikuchio just running out on his own. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, another wild. great thing. Another fantastic thing about this movie. It had so many funny, like genuinely funny moments. Like, uh, is it Kyuzo? The the one who just runs off and gets the first musket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Kikuchio is like feeling some type of way about that. And he's like, alright, I'm just gonna go get my own. He runs off, steals the uniform of one of the bandits, the the armor, finds another bandit and just sits next to him and starts just talking. He's just like, that's Samurai kicking her ass. So he's like, Yeah, I know. And yeah. his the the guy literally does a double take. And realizes that he's not one of the bandits and takes off and Kikuchio knocks him down and gets his gun. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like he literally does a double take. Like a slapstick comedy moment. I mean, this like this movie has jokes. This movie I, I would I would argue that this is a drama, but it's got I wouldn't say lighthearted moments, but I think it does have some really funny moments. It definitely yeah, it definitely has a lot of humor. Um there's something else I was going to say about that moment, but I forget. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Um, so uh, what I learned about this film was more or less that Kurosawa, Kurosawa filmed this like multicam to make sure everything was going to edit together properly, which I, I only say because I didn't think about it at all. Like I, I didn't think about the idea that you would film this uh, multicam. Um which is a smart move. And I, again, I bring it up because it's like, well, yeah, this is something a director has to think about because we very much think about having a single camera and not taking care of it all. But I think when you have a three, in your story, a three-day battle, uh, you are you are definitely meant to have, you know, a few cameras around to make sure that they're capturing everything and that you can edit it together and have continuity stay fairly accurate. Mm. Um, and to that point, he even... He even opted to not have, uh, not shoot this in the recreation of the village in the like studio lot. He rebuilt it in the world. Oh, really? And shot it. Yeah. And uh, like it was like raining. Apparently, like the first couple of days of the battle was just like full of rain, or maybe the filming. I'm not sure. Uh, was just full of rain and like three days of rain, and uh, 
Listen, they made it. <laughs> I will say that fight scene, like once the rain is actually falling, the the actual final showdown when the yeah. bandits are coming through with the horses and the village has already been flooded was amazing. <laughs> like truly such a good fight scene. I, honestly, I, I think I, I don't know if there's a bit of combat in here that didn't feel completely uh, perfect to the story that was being told. Like every, I think everything felt really good. Like yeah. it wasn't, I don't, I don't think there was any kind of like a knife wasn't pulled or threats weren't made without like it being completely necessary mm-hmm. uh, and tame. Unlike you know to go back to to I guess you know uh, the comic book movies, I'll have like a meaningless battle just to make sure that you're still paying attention, right? But uh, all this build up for what was probably like the last forty five minutes to an hour of the film uh, was 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 quite great because it felt like an epic war film for me. Mm-hmm. It felt like yeah, it felt like a war film. Yeah, and that's the thing I've noticed in a lot of these movies that we've been watching that we've come to the conclusion are required watching. There's no gratuitous scenes. Everything is what the director wants and has a purpose. Like, I absolutely, absolutely. Even like the the horses coming through and <clears throat> showing little tidbits of someone running off to the side and following them and coming back and seeing like the horses getting stuck in the mud because they flood it. Like everything is, has an end goal that like right. <clears throat> develops the, the fight and the story. Um, I, I, I told you I was reading the, the, one of the books by, by Stephen King about writing and he's like, writing is, uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say it as succinctly because I, I don't remember the exact phrase, but it was something like writing is just getting the story out there and rewriting is making sure everything that's not the story leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think, oh, I, I don't know. I, it just, it just gave me an image of like just sifting through the words and sifting through everything else and seeing like this, like this is not needed. This is unnecessary. So let's just get it out. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people will be upset by the fact that this is a very long movie. Um, I mean, like, I, one of the things I'm reading is that, is that you know, the, the first draft was 500 pages long. Yeah. And listen, I, it, like, this like the idea of a script. The idea of a script has changed so much. Like, what a script look, looks like now versus, I believe, what it looked like back then is not the same thing. Um but yeah, I mean, like I, I, I do. Th- I would argue that this was a film that that made sense. Like that made like it. All of it was story. All mm-hmm. of it was essential to what it was trying to do. Um, because yeah, I got. I, I would you know get a text or something like that, and I'm like, I, I can't look away. I have to pause this if I'm going to look look away because everything feels so essential to what's going on. Um, I think I think that's a big thing that I, I took away from this film. Mm. It even has a love story in it. Even has a love story in it. Even has a love story. <laughs> Forbidden love. Forbidden, that's the best kind of love story, honestly. Uh, I, I, I love that. Uh, and I, I, hold on, let me go back and try to find a name. The only adult woman in this film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
Ashino. Shino. Uh, Shino is is uh, just like a like a boy and is all bandaged up, looking like a boy. Uh, and mm, I don't know who it is. I don't know his name. It's a uh, the the apprentice, right? It's the, it is the apprentice. What's his name? Is it Kyuzo? Uh, Katsushiro. Is it? I think okay. so. The untested son of a wealthy oh, landowner samurai whom Kambei reluctantly takes as a discipline disciple. Well, there we go. So she knows just like she knows just like a boy in the in the woods, in the forest or whatever. Uh and Katsushiro is is out there. He's he's uh, he's very much like a like a teen boy in a very different way than uh Kikuchio is. Like he's very much like long for like like brute like just brooding and and like, you know, my, my life sucks. I, I'm just an apprentice. Uh, he doesn't say this at all, but I feel like he's very much like, uh, I just I wish I, I wish I could sit here and pick flowers, but also be a samurai. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the same time, he wants he, to be a samurai, and Kambei is like, nope, not you're not ready. Yep. And then I I, lo- I love that because he ends up liking a girl that they're like, yeah, this is the reason why you're not ready. <laughs> Um, again, I don't know the rules to being a samurai, so I, w- I won't. I won't say anything else. But I think that's funny. Um, but it's not until uh, you know he. he uh, sorry, Shino says, "Oh, I'm just a boy out here uh, in, in in the woods," and and he says he got suspicious about something, and then she runs away. He chases after her and tackles her. Tell me if I'm saying this wrong, Dan. And then like grabs her boob, which is taped up, as far as mm-hmm. I, I I believe it's taped up. Um, and realize, like he realizes he touched her boob, and like this shy, innocent thing kind of happens, and a love story, like their meet cute, is over. <laughs> it's kind of sweet. He's like, "Hey, you're supposed to be uh, yeah. in the town. Get back here." am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing like a, like a like not knowing you're going to touch touch a boob to really make you fall in love. Just like um, forbidden love is the best kind of forbidden love—a surprise boob. A surprise boob. It's the best boob. Look, uh, well, some of this. Then I, I remember watching Mulan. I remember watching a few other uh, other movies in which uh, a girl is dressed up like a boy, and apparently, no one knows. No one. No one it's is hard like. To tell. Uh, I. Do, but do you do you really think it's hard to tell? Like you, you saw her and you were like, "That's the boy." Um. I mean, I knew, but I feel like it's different for 16th century Japanese farmers. I'll give you that one. I'll, listen, I'll give it to you. I've seen this it also, This I've place seen it in uh, the Shengoku period, so like the 1500s. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I, oh, okay. I'm <laughs> saying like I was there. And someone was dressed up as someone else. I'd probably fall for it. Okay. All right. Listen. I. Okay. Listen. Imagine okay. if you had one of those. Um, imagine if she was wearing those like Groucho Marx glasses with the mustache and the big nose. <laughs> but that's what it feels like to me. It feels like I know. I know. It feels like. Someone... <laughs> but I. But I also one hundred percent believe like it's in our history that this happened in real life. But yeah. I just. I just can't. I can't fathom it. Uh, but I, I think that has a lot to do with the idea that we, uh, 
like we're wearing less clothes and you know tailored and, and stuff like that where we can actually see shapes we can actually see things also all the uh, farming so, I mean, right. pretty much wearing like a unisex outfit like a farming right exactly loose fitting yeah it, exactly so i think you know of course of course i think of course with the idea like porn and advertisements and everything else like we know what a lady figure looks like or supposed to look like or you know whatever way you want to phrase this (laughs) 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 the reason i said that was anyways it doesn't matter i just meant we're so much more aware of our bodies as as people not specifically women we're so much aware of our bodies than like I, I just feel fairly confident that that this wasn't something that we saw quite often, despite the fact that Kakuchiya walks around in his underwear, his cloth underwear, a few times in the film. I feel like that is not necessarily a normal thing to have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I get. Anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna shut up and start embarrassing myself now. Um, uh, what, what else do you have on your list? I'm not sure if I have anything else. I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you, Dan. There's so much about this movie I can talk about, but I'm not sure how much of it people want to listen to. <laughs> I feel so unsure. Um, well, I don't think I have many notes left. I will say, uh, Kembe is a master st- strategist. Oh, for like real. He knew exactly. He's like, let's break this bridge. Let's move that tree. Let's turn that that door around. Like, everything he called, he was like, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be an advantage. All based on, like, this hand-painted map. Like, how, how great were these maps? Oh, yeah. He even had the number of bandits and was just Xing them out as they pulled <laughs> them off. Which I thought was, like, pretty badass of, like kind of ruthless it's like you're nothing but a circle to me i'm gonna x you out yeah i mean listen the flag the flag that they were they were uh they had was also pretty great uh yeah man listen i i I, i'm just gonna go into my spiel right quick uh dan and say that i really enjoyed this film uh I, i don't know I get it. And I think we did ourselves a disservice because we watched both Citizen Kane and Seven Samurai in a matter of a month. Um, and it makes my filmmaker heart explode because I, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know. I, I, it's on a list. I don't know what it is, but it, just, it, it will not be required watching. I can assume. I can only assume it won't be good. <laughs> Better live up. Um, but but I, I think, yeah, I, I definitely think that like these – this month has just generally been a great month, but I, I think it's hard to think about how to make movies without seeing movies like this and seeing some of, you know, seeing some of these things that came down the pipeline. And Seven Samurai is, I don't think it's fair to even call it a classic. It's just a movie that needs to be seen. I think Citizen Kane is just a movie that needs to be seen because there's so much to dissect and take apart and add to your own like toolbox to add this kind of grammar to your toolbox to be able to see how people are innovating and how people are taking away these things instead of creating a film or a TV show or a book or whatever uh, that doesn't do itself any kind of justice. 
I'd rather see this movie made perfectly. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather, and Hollywood has done this, I'd rather see the exact remakes in, like, different genres of this movie than see a really terrible movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, with that, I mean, obviously I'm not being serious, but with that, I'm going to say that this this is obviously required watching, and, and I'll even go a bit further to say to put it at the top of your list. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly think even just watching it, I, I watched it once and Dan, you watched it twice. Uh, I think even watching it gives you something that, that is going to be ingrained in your DNA as a filmmaker. Beautifully said. Um, but I'm going to have to disagree. No, I'm kidding. This obviously is <laughs> honestly, it's definitely the longest movie we watched, but it feels, I'm, I'm glad we're ending the year with this movie because it feels, it's such an epic grand story that it feels only appropriate that we like close out the year like this. Um, I like what you said about having this movie in your toolbox because there's so many elements of the storytelling and the filmmaking and pacing and just every element to this movie seems like a masterclass of like how to do X, like how to do a fight scene, how to do character introductions, how to do character development, how to do like you name it and it's there. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, such a massive movie that actually lives up to the hype. And you see those influences from this movie so, so much. Even I saw on the Wikipedia page, Galaxy Quest is an inspiration. (laughs) And think about it. It's a band of misfits who are under attack and they need help from this ragtag crew. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't like that. I don't like that. (laughs) Like it or not, Galaxy Quest is Seven Samurai. Oh gosh! And, that's a um, and that just is a testament to this movie. Listen, also, Galaxy that? Damn. Just throw just it shut out. up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, damn. With that, um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy yeah. Holidays, and uh, let's do this again in 2021. All right, see you then. Later, Gator. Bye. Peace.